California? Stay away from here. Stay away from here now. D don't come here. Whatever you hear, stay away from here. John Doe has the upper hand. Mills! Here he comes. What? I wish I could have lived like you did. Shut up! The fuck are you talking about? Do you hear me, detective? I'm trying to tell you how much I admire you. And your pretty wife. What? Tracy. What'd you fucking say? It's disturbing how easily a member of the press can purchase information from the men in your precinct. I visited your home this morning, after you'd left. I tried to play husband. I tried to taste the life of a simple man. It didn't work out. So I took a souvenir. Her pretty head. Mills. What's he talking about? Give me the gun. What, what's going on over there? Put the gun down. Uh, show me what's in the box. What's in the box? Because I envy your normal life, it seems that envy is my sin. Put the gun down, David. Oh, what was in the box? Not until you give me the gun. What's in the fucking box? He just told you. Lie! You're a fucking liar! Shut up! It's what he wants. He wants you to shoot him. It's all talk. No! No! You tell me! You tell me it's not true! You tell me it's not true! Become vengeance, David. Oh, she's alright. She's alright. Tell me it's alright. Become wrath. Tell me she's alright! If you murder a suspect, David, this all goes to waste. No! She begged for her life, detective. Shut up. She begged for her life. Shut up! And for the life of the baby inside of her. Shut up! Oh. He didn't know. Give me the gun, David. David, if you kill him, he will win. Oh, God! Oh, God! Ah! Oh. <laughs> Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I'm so much crazier than you. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. It's the little things that get you caught. Like listening to this podcast called Facing Off, a podcast where we take two movies that we find to be similar in some way and we compare, contrast, and rate them. Today's two movies are se Seven N. Uh, if that's how. Yes, yeah, so Seven N. Uh, seven and the little things. I'm Detective Gabe, and joined with me are two hotshot new police dicks, Layla and Nick. Damn. Dicks! Dicks! Get in here! I don't know how What's I feel up? about this, but hey, so hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quoting John C. McGinley in uh, uh, Seven. Sure, yeah. sure. And you really uh, just wanted an excuse to dicks. call us that. <laughs> yeah, you stupid yeah. dicks. What's up? How's you? Uh, how's it all going? It's all right. Uh, it's okay. I'm all right. 
Yeah. Two nope. thirds of this podcast have gotten at least one of the vaccines. Yeah. True that. That's true. Yeah. Woo. Good for you guys. I never will. Uh, not, <laughs> not true. out of choice, but out of horrible, uh, uh, you know, let's not go down that way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, mismanagement. Uh, yeah, we're doing <clears throat> seven and the little things. Nick, uh, oh, actually, before we get started on that, I, we all want to say, because we love this man so much, uh, rest in peace to Christopher Plummer, who True was that. a terrific actor. Um, had over 200 credits on IMDb, uh, winner of an Oscar, nominated for multiple Oscars. Um, we are going to be doing as a celebration of his life and sort of uh, part of our like recommendations. We are going to make a, an Instagram post. If you look us up, Facing Off Pod on Instagram, uh, we're going to do a post about uh, just like putting down all of our favorite movies that Christopher Plummer was in all the best recommendations starting of course with beginners because it's just amazing and he won his Oscar for that but any any words about Christopher Plummer before we move on um I mean I just I just have to say it was so hard to see that because he is just an unbelievably incredible actor and but it is for any of you out there that are having feelings about it it is very peaceful to know that he ended his career at such an such a old age and had such an incredible career and resume and he did get his recognition by the end of it all which is incredible and he had his peers stand up for him so i i try to remind myself of that when i think about it because it does make me very sad he's he's a favorite for sure yeah i agree with that he's great and everything so i we recommend that you go out and watch a christopher Plummer movie uh, to celebrate his <coughs> national treasure. Nick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah, okay. There are better ones. Um, <laughs> there are he is, And he is in substantially more of almost every other movie. Um, I'm just kidding. Nick, um, but what did happened? he fictionally give birth to Nicolas Cage? Uh, yeah. No, and I don't think he did. Hundred in any other movie? No. Uh, Nick, I guess tell he us didn't about Seven birth. and the Little Things. What are these movies Sorry. about? That's not the plot of that movie that he was pregnant with. Nicolas no, Cage? and okay. what is the plot in, in of Seven? So uh, sorry, listeners. Today's <laughs> movies are Seven and Little Things. I'm an embarrassment. Uh, two movies set in sprawling, dank cities where two detectives, one old and nearly retired but stubborn and damn good at his job, and one young and recently promoted but angry and also damn good at his job, hunt down an eccentric serial killer with a gnarly mo. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Good time. That's the tie-in between these two movies. And The Little Things was very derivative of uh, Seven. Very, derivative. Wow, this is just going uh, off the rails. This is off the rails, guys. All right. <laughs> hey, we're having fun, Layla, and we're so glad that you joined us That's for all of this fun that you could have is off once the a week. Um, all right, let's, let's break these down. Let's use our categories uh we're gonna use our typical ones except for we're gonna throw in our mystery thriller crime category true detective and each of these categories is ranked on a dare i say seven point scale whoa because of the movie seven whoa Uh, every time we say seven in this movie we have to say so seven in yeah so seven in um yeah, so uh, each of these Movie? is going to be rated from one to seven, one being lowest, seven being highest, and four being average or neutral. Let's start it out 
with the best category uh, for movies like this, let's start with spectacularity. Uh, spectacularity is where we talk about the engagement level of the movies and whether there were things that distracted us or if we were uh, strapped in for the ride the whole time. I think it is so. It, it, it is best to talk about seven first for spectacularity. Uh, Nick, what did you think about seven? How engaging was it? Did you just say my name really quietly? <laughs> I did. <laughs> she was like, Nick. I thought I was. I honestly thought I was hearing things. I was like, uh, what? Uh, um, I mean. When you talk about this category for these two movies, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is not, I mean, the, one of the biggest things is the uh, the ending. Like okay. you... Oh, then because, we should say right off the bat, uh, we are going to spoil these movies. So if yes. you haven't seen them, turn it yeah. off. You shouldn't have listened to this. We do recommend you watch both of them. <laughs> and before. then listen. And then listen. Uh, we would because love to have you. Seven executes the plot of the movie well and so well and does things in such a different way than, than other movies like this, that the end, the ending would have been good if the movie before the ending wasn't that good. But the ending is iconic because the whole movie that preceded it is perfectly paced and riveted and riveting. And you, you don't, you don't get either of those in little things. So you just have seven just has this amazing payoff to what was already a, a series of great payoffs. And I just, I mean, I gave it a, I gave it a seven and then you gave it a seven. Nice. What about you, Layla? Yeah. I gave it a six. I think it's, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And I'm fully engaged with this movie while watching it. I mean, it's like top tier investigative, you know, creepy murder films it's just incredible it's got great performances i think the writing is amazing um and that just ties into everything that you were saying nick i mean it's such a great build throughout the first three-fourths of the film and it just completely throws you out from under your feet when he turns himself in and you don't get that like typical payoff that you get in these types of movies where they find that person um which is just that much more shocking and and then, of course, the ending. Like, there's just it. There's no ending like this. This is iconic. Like, it's it's incredible. Um, it's ultimately, I think that the writing really creates a perfect pacing for this movie in the way that they like reveal certain aspects of the investigation, like the things they're finding out and stuff. So, I think it's just incredibly engaging and spectacular and fun. And for for its genre, it's really really good. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the six. I think. Yeah, I was hovering between the two of them. And so for me, it's absolutely a seven. I think it's incredibly engaging. But from an objective standpoint, um, I think that a lot of people can appreciate how meticulous this movie is and and like that. Because as Nick said, as opposed to the little things, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, it, it really pays off. So all those meticulous decisions are – you feel like you're in a detective movie and, yeah. it's, and it's worth it. But I will say for a lot of people, it's not an easy watch. It's, it's very hard for them to watch and, and they may get a little bored even in the scenes with Mills in the library, which I like because I like how Fincher shoots things. You know, I couldn't say that everyone would be as engaged. I will say it, hmm. in terms of pacing – 
uh, it's awesome that this movie all takes place within a week. It's mm-hmm. like a very quick timeline for everything that's happening. And it's In funny because Mills days? at one point says it's taking, it, yeah, it, it's, it's going too slowly or whatever. Poor guy kind of should have wished it went even slower. <laughs> oh. um, but so uh, there are two scenes that, I, or besides the last two scenes, which are incredible, I would say the car ride scene is one of the most engaging scenes in cinema history for me. I think it's fucking incredible. Um, there are two scenes that I just feel trapped in whenever I'm watching it. Like I cannot look away, even though they make me feel so awful inside. One is the sloth scene and the jump scare in the sloth scene with the, with the coughing is every time it scares the shit out of me. I had to like plug my ears. Also, apparently the actors weren't even in on it that he was going to cough in that scene. That dude from Um, Scrubs had no idea what uh, was coming. John C. McGinley, yeah. Um, The other one is the lust scene. is like one of the most disturbing scenes ever. And they don't show you what weapon was used to kill the prostitute until like after the scene. And then you have to relive it in your mind as it's going. And it's, it's brilliant. It just traps you in it. Um, it's, it's wild that John Doe isn't even revealed until an hour in and then there's still, or an hour and 10 in, and then there's still an hour left. And it is just, you cannot look away for the rest of that movie. So it's more like a 6.5 to me, but, uh, to be fair here, I'm going to put it at a six. Oh, Uh, okay. What about, yeah. What about, (laughs) I'm just being like, for me, it's like for personally, I put it at a seven, but I'm just like, you know. No, I, I appreciate the unbiased. I mean, like, it's the thing, and we'll talk about this so much as we go on to the other categories, mm. but, like, Fincher's a lot, and, like, he's a yeah, little overwhelming. <laughs> and It works for me. It, oh, like, I yeah. mean, he's my favorite, but yeah. and not it can, for everyone. But. Yeah, exactly. Like, it can certainly, like, if you're into that and you want that, it's, like, fucking incredible. But if you're not prepared, <laughs> I think that yeah, this so could be an incredibly fuck, overwhelmed uh, You will enjoy it. Yeah. A pervert. Uh, let's talk about the little things spectacularity because I, oh Do man. All right. To? So uh, let me just right off the top. I just want to say be, like, everyone's going to know this. I think if you like the little things, that's totally okay. I know uh, people that like this movie, we're going to be a little critical because this is how we felt about it. And, and we are frustrated by it. It's more <laughs> disappointment than anything. I think that's so, a great disclaimer. A, I'm so glad you said that. Such a funny disclaimer. I want to say that because like, I, I, we don't, we're not like turning people away from this. This is just our opinion from it, yeah. you know? Um, <clears> so, <throat> I mean, that being said, uh, Layla, do you want to talk about spectacularity for the little things? Sure. Um, I really didn't like this movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't. Can I, I ask a question though? Yeah. <laughs> Follow up. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Even if you hadn't have known like what oh, our I opinions were and Aaron Lappings. No. Yeah. But would you, would you have wanted to see it through to the end? No, no. Cause as oh, I, cause as I, once when I started the movie, I immediately had issues. Like I didn't know what everyone's intimate issues about this movie were until I like researched it afterwards. I knew people thought it was ridiculous. Other than I should I should be upfront. Other than Gabe sending me Snapchats of the editing of this film, I had not seen oh or heard God. anything about this movie. Other yeah. than some people I know not liking it, which fair enough. I've liked pre- plenty of things that other people don't like, but. Uh, no, the first 10 minutes, I, I think I texted you, Gabe. I got like 10 or 15 minutes in and I was like, I fucking can't. Like, I just can't. Yeah, it's, I, it's fucking tough. There is just too many, 
too many things, whether it's plot holes, random lines that did not need to exist, conversations that didn't need to exist. I hear things. (laughs) I hear things too. (laughs) Like I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could just keep going. I just, there, that's, that's a problem with spectacularity. I was disengaged throughout the movie because I was constantly being like, why is that happening? Why are they doing this? What was that conversation I just watched? Why won't they give me anything about these murders? Oh, because they're actually, this movie is not about the murders. That's like the difference between Seven and this film. Seven is very much centered around this major arc of them trying to investigate these murders. And then you get great tie-ins of the characters into that investigation, which is awesome. But Little Things is not about the investigation at all. And we get no payoff about the investigation or what's actually happening. And it's literally about these two characters who I could give no shits about at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I gave it a, um, I was about to say a one because that would be really mean. I'm going to give it a two. (laughs) Nick, what about you? So I don't think that it's an entirely, it's not like a boring movie. Hmm. Um, like I just think if you think of it from like you said, Gabe, there are people that like it, and and like it, it, it does not lean like you said, Layla. It does not lean far enough into trying to develop characters or into a mystery. So you're just left with this like husk of a movie, and you're just exactly. like, Wait, why? Yeah. Why is this? Why is this? Why do you like, exist? What is happening? Why is this here? Because it's just so strange that. You have a, a, like, genuinely, the end of the movie could be solid. It could be good. I mean, it turned actors off of it because they thought it was, like, too dark. Yeah. It could be Yeah, there's solid. something in there. Yeah, I agree. There's something there. I think there's something in either one, right? I think there's something either in the characters, which they fucked up, or in the actual yeah, investigation, yes, yeah. and they couldn't decide which one they wanted to do, so they just yeah. messed so they just up did both. neither. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they just accidentally did neither of those things, and mm-hmm. uh, the execution's just not there. I think that it's a bad movie, Uh and I'm going to give it a three. Interesting. I So, I mean, it's the little things that fucking bothered me about this movie because... You've been every, waiting so long. <laughs> How long have we been I waited recording? patiently to say that. You waited patiently for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, okay, awesome. so here's the harshest way of putting it. Aaron Lapping messaged us and said he'd rather watch his own poop for two hours than this movie. Here's the more realistic version of this. I just was really bothered by a lot of the elements of this movie. I would say one thing that's really strange, the pacing is so incredibly fast. I was, I, th- I was like hung over. And so I, I, my head was like spinning out. I couldn't handle it. But at the same time, it's so fast yet. It's so boring. Like every moment I thought was just not interesting. And I like the movie is called the little things slow the fuck down and focus on these details the and make sure these details are great. Yeah, pay attention to the little <laughs> things. The other thing is like the whole first 20 minutes of this movie is basically interactions of the, the same interactions with random characters that don't matter that say, oh, you're back in town. He's back in town or like whispering to each other. And it's not until like 45 minutes in that we finally find out who the fuck he is and why, why, like, stop being cute with me. Movie. And even that I, reveal I, is just bad. Even the reveal it's, of dude, who he well, is. Well, you don't is even get the bad. real reveal until <laughs> yeah. the end. But, like, but you, are you saying that being back in town is not 
an important detail. Yeah, about if it was multiple boys being back in town, it'd be interesting. <laughs> but it's one boy. I mean, I just like that's not a personality trait. Being well, the, back in town, the structure of this movie is so absurd in terms of engagement because it's like yeah. twenty minutes of nonsense. And then slow reveals of his life and then him meeting up with Rami Malek. And then 40 minutes in, it's like, bam, let's give his entire backstory except for one thing that we're going to reveal in the very last scene. And it's just not for me. And I'll get into the editing, which made me so mad that I was quite literally taken out of this movie where I'd have to pause it and text people the whole time. Um, and yeah, I it's... <laughs> It's frustrating. So I'm giving it a two because I do think I, I asked that question at the beginning to Layla. Did would you have watched the rest? And I really think no matter what, I was going to watch the rest. I was interested in where it was going to go and if there was going to be a payoff. I was frustrated that there wasn't really, but I would say it's at least kept me that much engaged. So your your friends it's, that it's liked well it, below Gabe. Average. Yeah, you went two. Mm-hmm. Your friends that liked it, Gabe. What did they like? I don't know. I, I just saw some people like recommending other people watch it, and I've heard like the yeah. critic reviews are. Were not they recommending bad for that their like worst enemies watch it, or like did they have like <laughs> no? Something I think to they genuinely enjoy. Them? I think some people just liked watching Jared Leto be weird as shit in this movie, and I think that's fair. But like, yeah. didn't not enough for me. Let's move on. Let's talk about True okay. Detective. Um, this is a category that we created for mystery movies and crime movies, and it's basically. When you were watching this movie, did you feel like a detective? Were you following along with the clues? Were you really interested in what the twists were going to be? So it's a form of engagement, but it's more about uh, being involved with the movie and how well-structured it was with these little details. Let's talk about the little things since we're on it. Um, Okay. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I'll kick it off. Um, (laughs) Okay. I when I got to the end, so I want to point out one thing that made me really bother. It, like a lot of little things in this movie, and I'm so sorry for all the puns. I mean, I'm not even purposely doing it anymore. Um, a lot of little things just didn't work out, and I wasn't as interested in the clues. But one thing kept pissing me off is like, why? What was with the opening scene? Because that opening scene never ended up being important. She wasn't an important suspect at any point. In fact, when she came to them, they were basically like, oh, totally. would you be able to pick him out of the lineup? And yeah. she's like, yeah, probably. And like, and then she has it. like a they feeling about him when he walks in, which makes zero yeah. sense at all. I mean, all, I'd ever. have a feeling about that <laughs> at, when I see Jared Leto have looking like that. Have you seen him? Yeah. Uh, but isn't like, that like, a, like, it's almost like wit- like witness tampering on accident? That's yeah, I mean, what, yeah, you're not supposed happens, to do that. Right? That would yeah. that would affect yeah. it. But it, again, like I I kept thinking about why didn't you just have the opening be him killing someone? Why did it have to be someone escaping if that escapee wasn't going to be important for the rest of the movie? Well, they thought so she like was, little... but it just wasn't good. <laughs> like it just it made yeah. no sense. <laughs> I mean, there were it's there were sort of a deep... metaphor for the whole movie, really. Yeah, I mean, just True that they that. forgot they abandoned certain things. But I will yes. say there are. There are at least a few details that were kind of interesting. I mean, they they tie in the red clip, the red hair clip, which is something they mentioned earlier. You see it on the girl. And then it's used as an excuse at the end to convince Rami Malek that he actually killed the right person, even though he definitely did not. I mean, they, like I didn't realize until after the movie that he definitely did not. Um, mm. I mean, that's at least interesting. I do think... 
them like just getting into the detective aspects of this movie i couldn't tell if it was creative or dumb and i know layla thought this was dumb but like him seeing the ghosts or the girls and they haunt him and stuff and they're weird and there's a moment where they're like touching his feet i read that as oh they've been in his mind for so they've been haunting him for so long that they feel at home in in his mind and he's like trapped with that and i kind of like that um but yeah, I don't know. I, I'll talk about it a little bit more after. But like, it's True Detective is like tough for this one because I didn't care about the clues. So like, I almost want to give it a one, but I feel like I'm going to give it a two because there is a twist. It's just not really a twist. What about you? Go ahead. I, I gave it a two as well. You mind if I go first, Layla? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Layla's just going to be like, I gave it a one next. Uh, I. I think, dude. I honestly, it's just such, the movie's such a bummer because in a mo- in a, in a year where we're just starved for for movies, th- like uh, the general idea. If you read, so if you read the read if you read the Wikipedia for this movie, Wiki- what the Wikipedia? Oh, okay. For this movie, <laughs> if you read it, it's solid. The plot's fine. Like you, yeah. you, I read the Wikipedia because I watched it a few weeks ago and was like, I'm not rewatching this garbage movie, so I'm just gonna read a bunch of summaries so I remember. It's honestly a pretty cool story. It, it's pretty cool if you read it, and it only, it's only like three paragraphs long. It's just like the devil's the devil is in the details, and the movie doesn't focus on any of the details. It's so weird. It's almost like they abandoned the movie and like didn't care about making it work because it it could work it could really have worked fine if they didn't hover on a bunch of insignificant things and make you try and and like characters that just don't work and and just try and pretend that Rami Malek is is killing it when he's just dropping a fat goose egg in this movie I just <laughs> hey that's academy award winning Rami Malek <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It, it yeah. I don't know. It, it could have been fine um if it if it if it tried. <laughs> so I, I gave it a 2. It was close to a 1. It also is really bothersome how much it parallels 7, which took which is Yeah, which we can get to in a little bit. What about super you? Super lame. Layla. Uh I absolutely gave this a 1 and if I could give something a 0, I would give it a 0. These are the worst detectives of all fucking time. If something ever <laughs> happened in my life where I needed a detective, I would refuse to have these people on my case. They are awful detectives. They didn't do anything in this movie. They spent the first like 10 minutes of the movie trying to establish them as detectives. And the only reference to little things is Denzel in the beginning going across the way to an empty room and realizing that's how he was watching her. Like... That's the one that's the one detective thing that happens in this movie and not a single other detective thing happens. I can't even think of one. I seriously can't even think of one. They did some questioning in a room with a man that they had no real evidence on whatsoever and no reason to bring him in other than he was creepy as fuck. But yeah, bring him down to a one. <laughs> like literally no reason to bring this man in at all. Literally like at all. I don't, there's, I, there's no, there's no solid evidence throughout this movie on this person whatsoever. There's not a single bit of solid evidence other than he's just creepy. 
And they don't want you to be the detective when you're watching the movie either, because there's not a lot of clues that they're putting in, except no. for the hair clip. No, so yeah. And, yeah, but it's it's hugely problematic. <laughs> it's just, but and that's it's so yeah. bad. I don't know. I like. There's just there, and then it's like they say all this shit about Denzel being like just such a great detective and then like he like left or whatever and all of that shit is just so weird too because like all of his buddies there fucking hate him and then he also spoiler ended up shooting a fucking victim at a site like i'm just like yeah oh the number one cop in his or detective in his just unit shoots fucking a woman just shoots into the bushes like what are you doing dude <laughs> You were yeah. so right. I didn't even think about how horrible of cops these guys They're are. They're just so bad. They're, and like LAPD. fucking Rami like getting into the damn car with him and just going to like, I know that they're both just kind of going nuts at this point, which also, I mean, I'm sure maybe we'll talk about it in acting. I don't really know why his character just unravels so quickly. Like he just basically yeah. becomes Denzel out of nowhere for no reason. He decides to become friends with Denzel out of nowhere for no reason. You've given me no reason to believe Denzel is good at what he does. So like, I'm, I'm just utterly like, I don't want to ever interact with these two detectives ever in my life. So if I'm, if I so could, I would give this a zero, but it's a one. Like they're just fucking awful. Cool. Yeah. I moved mine to a one as well out of seven. I did too. Let's, let's talk about seven. Uh, easier to talk about if uh, I, I wrote basically this movie, Seven, is like we designed this category and it works just perfectly for it. It's like the yeah. epitome of this category. So basically it's like it's the perfect example of a less is more type of movie. It gives you all these things without over explaining any of it. You work at the same exact pace as the detective. You find out the clues at the same pace as the detectives. Somerset might be way better at it than we would be because he's an extremely experienced detective, but he, we're, we're still at his um, pace. And another cool thing about all that, you know, like, ha you know, the show, not tell, they also don't show you everything. So you have to figure it out in your mind. So you never see any of the violence except for the end when he shoots John Doe. You get the aftermath of it. You figure out what happens. They don't show you what's in the box. You got to imagine what's in the box. I, it's mm -hmm. brilliant. I also think what's cool about this in terms of like your engagement into a detective story is this is a movie where almost every single moment is a detective case. It's two detectives figuring out something, painstakingly figuring out something over the course of a week. So every little detail is very critical, and they don't treat the audience like they're idiots. Um, and I wanted to bring this up because Layla was just talking about this with um, Rami Malek's character and how he unravels so quickly. I mean, I feel like, and I don't know if they actually copied from this movie, but it feels like The Little Things was copying from the Mills storyline without putting in the work to show you why that guy would unravel. So absolutely, every, the very beginning of Seven and every moment you get with Mills, he's an, he's an idiot. He's like a... He's like a short-tempered idiot and he's impatient and he's unwilling to do these little things he cracks he does he doesn't want to wait to find out something so he'll freak out he'll break a door down all that stuff so it all makes sense that it's going to lead to that moment in the end um it's totally earned um I mean, there's there's even the conversation at one point about getting shot. Have you ever pulled your gun? Have you ever been shot? 
just to fucking get us to the point at the end where not only, well, you know, two scenes after he has a gun put to his head and then in the end without ever really pulling his gun except for like one shootout before he fucking kills someone point blank. And so this movie is just great. And and uh, every detail is important for that. So True Detective, seven out of seven. I mean, yeah, it's ahead, perfect Layla. for this guy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an. I think it's just easy. Like these are. This is like the epitome of what a good detective film is, and a yeah. big part of that is. And I said this a little bit earlier, but it ties into this as well. Like this movie does the perfect job of tying in its characters to the main plot line, which is the actual investigation, which I think we have now learned from little things. It has to be the investigation because when you put those two things up against each other, an audience is always going to want to know what's happening in the investigation. Like all I could think about while watching little things was I want to know more about the women and I want to know what happened and I want some kind of resolution to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I also love my favorite thing about this movie is that Brad Pitt's character is kind of the audience a little bit and you're learning with him the intricacies of being a detective through Morgan's character. And it's um, it's such a fun writing tool to do that because you're like, he's constantly being educated on the details, the little things. He's constantly being told to pay attention to these things and like Morgan Freeman is showing him the bigger picture. Um, and And I love... I loved being a part of that. So I think this is a great way to help an audience understand um, how great of detectives they both are. Um, and yeah, they have, they just have like scenes where they sit down and they look at evidence together. Like they're, they're actually being detectives. Like they're, he goes into a library yeah. and reads a bunch of books about the actual shit that's happening, researches yeah. it, understands it, and then uses it in the investigation. Like there's, <laughs> it's just that simple little things. It's all you had to do. So it's a seven. <laughs> Yeah, maybe uh, they should have focused on the little things. Yeah, weird, huh? Um, I also went with a seven. And I I mean, you guys spoke to it. The the only thing I'm going to add is uh, a seven in this category should be a movie that after you are done watching it, you replay it in your head and you learn more by thinking more about it. And that is, this is that movie. This is the epitome of that movie where you're starting to think about about what what did what was John Doe doing? Who even we don't know really we don't ever really find out exactly who he is and why he is doing what he's doing, but you learn enough in the the third the third part of this movie, the third act that that you can piece it together in your head after and then Everything else makes horrible, horrible sense. It's a lot of reflection, it, for sure. Yeah. 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 And so it's, I mean, that's what I think a seven in this category should be, and and, and seven is a seven. That's so category. true. They make you kind of a detective piecing together all of the work that he mm-hmm. did because he's finally oh, giving you all it's the info so much. Yeah, and it's like so much you learn about him. Like he says things like, um, I mean, you can like think about if you – have seen this movie enough and you like it as much as, as as we do, you can like think about things that he's saying in that last part. Yeah. Like in the car ride, even some of the stuff he says in, in the box scene Mm -hmm. and, and think about like, what was this guy doing? Like for years he planned to do this and it was, yeah, partly because he's proved his jealous he can't fit in with other people yeah. and he's jealous of that, that other people can. And so 
I have one qualm. He, he hates that about he himself. Have worn gloves that whole time. He had to have cut his fingerprints off. Well, it's every everything single day. he did in his home, every single thing he did yeah. at all times, he would have had to wear gloves. And you mm-hmm. can't like. I mean, they had touch phones back then, didn't they? They had like <laughs> iPhones in the nineties. So <laughs> how is he going to use that? Did you think? No, that's a good point. There, I'm there just, are. I'm just being can, dumb. It's a seven. I can, mean, I'm just being dumb. You can absolutely pick nits, though. There, are, there are some things. We're not saying that it's perfect in every single detail. I, almost no movie is. Yeah. But it, it, I agree with you, Nick. I this is like no. He's a movie monster. Like yeah. it's not going to be sure. you know not yeah. not going to be like classic. a real guy. But I mean, you can <clears throat> really think for a long time about this movie afterwards. Totally. So. Since this relates to the details a little bit, I wanted to move on to our next category, which is eye candy. I wanted to talk about all mm. the visual elements of these movies. Um, you're keeping me guessing with these. Uh, where the yeah, these dude, it's next. Dude, you're it's you're like along we're... for the uh, investigation, my friend. Uh, yeah, so let's let's stick with eye candy or uh, with seven for eye candy. Uh, Layla, why don't you start us off with how you felt about this movie? Okay. Um, I gave it a six. I adore David Fincher. He's one of my favorite directors of all time. And I almost feel like this whole category should just be dedicated to him and we should just talk about David Fincher because he's magical. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think this is a really, really great taste of what David Fincher's like. Uh, His visuals are really intense. They're very methodical and very important. And I think he's probably, and I might just be a, giving him too much praise here, but I think he might be the director that uses visuals like maybe the most in his storytelling. Like he uses it so purposefully and I, he, his movies are as creepy as they are because of the way he shoots them. And they would not be if it wasn't for those visual aspects. And it's not even just like the literal visuals, what you're seeing on the screen. It's the way, it's the way he does it. It's the shots. It's how he chooses to shoot it. Is it, I, Gabe, I feel like I almost feel like you should talk about this because you sent us such a great video about his choices with like handheld versus oh, like steady cam. Oh yeah, totally. I he I recommend he should be for the studied. video that we're yeah. referencing. <laughs> uh, it's uh, every frame of painting, and it's about David Fincher's visual style. Definitely just look it up. I, it, it's one of the best video essays I've ever seen. Yeah, um, it just, and. Yeah, it's helpful to watch before watching a Fincher movie like Seven because there are a couple scenes where you're just you're following along, figuring out what each shot mm-hmm. means because of that video. Yeah, and even so anyways, keep and going. even he also has so many um, very intimate like character moments in his movies too. Like that mo- that uh, that sorry that YouTube video used the social network scene in the bar as an example, and I love that because he does such mm-hmm. a great job of circling between two characters and like who like giving these great shots of those two characters while they're talking about something very um, intimate. And I love that. He just is like, he just is, he's the best at what he does. And it's not for everyone because he truly makes shots that stick with you and maybe not the best ways because they really are just so deeply creepy and awful, but amazing at the same time. Um, Which is the point, right? Like it is supposed to like sit with you that way. Yeah. so I yeah I love David Fincher just like some very meticulous random stuff. Uh, mm. Where is Seven set? Is it New York? Oh, this is really important. No, it's the I, I wanted Probably. to talk about this a little bit. No, no, no. It's not. It's not a specific city. The, it's not. The city is a character essentially. It's supposed to okay. be 
almost like hell on earth. It's supposed gotcha. to resemble they the do talk about that all of the like time. New yeah. York mm. and LA. It's actually filmed in LA, and but it looks like it's in New York. Now I understand why it fucking rains all. Yeah, it's it's the raining time. all the time, so it feels I, like Seattle. But I have to then, say, I was like sitting yeah. there just being like, "What fucking city is this awful and rains this fucking much?" Like it just was raining so intensely well, they the even entire mentioned, movie. Like, uh, Tracy Gwyneth Paltrow's character talks yeah. about like there's just crime. Basically, you are led to assume that this city only has crime Gotham. and cops. Yeah, it's, it's essentially it's, it's like basically Gotham. Gotham. <laughs> yeah, it's like Gotham if it rained every single day, and it but only when the cops are working on it. It's yeah. like it's no, it totally adds. Story. It definitely adds to it. I yeah. do. I, I personally, when I was watching it, maybe thought the rain was a little bit too much because it, it put me in a place yeah. where I was like, this place doesn't exist. Even Seattle is not like this. Well, that, yeah, uh, I mean, that's the point. It's um, like not supposed to. Yeah, but, yeah, but anyways. We, we had this conversation too. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, it's a, it's a six. It's really close to a seven. He's just perfect for this movie. He's perfect for it. He's built for this. Um, and Gabe will talk way more about this because he's – a huge Fincher fan, but I, I love how visually stunning this movie is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. I don't have that much more to add. I, I do think that David Fincher, I, he is my favorite director, and I also think he has an incredible visual style because it's so smooth. I don't know a single director who's smoother than him. He does this thing, and you could catch it a lot in this movie, where he, whenever a character moves, like gets out of their seat, the camera moves up with them, and it's very subtle and um, it's so cool when you could see it. Um, and this is before he started working with Jeff Cronenworth, uh, the son of the uh, cinematographer who did Blade Runner. It, but he was doing it with Darius Kanji, who is just like an incredible uh, cinematographer who somehow didn't get nominated for this movie. But Batman Forever, the one with Jim Carrey, got nominated Woo. for cinematography, <laughs> which is... So bizarre. But yeah, I mean, like Layla said, every shot has so much intention. But even more than the shot, the editing is so good in this movie. There's so many edits, but it's never like dizzying. Every edit is important. You get the certain amount of people in each shot and it'll flip back and forth so you can figure out the power dynamics between the characters, which you can get from that YouTube video. Um They also focus in on the clues. There's a lot of insert shots of just objects and things that are important for the story. You know, you get that snippet of Tracy's face, which finally gets Mills to kill John Doe. It's just, it's brilliant. Um, And it's not hitting you over the head at the same time. Uh, And so it was nominated for editing. It was the one thing it was nominated for, and it didn't fucking win, but whatever. Um, But yeah, I I, I really like what Layla said about um, how... This is this is Fincher establishing his visual style. The only movie he did before this was Alien 3, and it famously almost made him quit directing. It was his first movie, and it almost made him quit directing because they over they overproduced it, and he had no creative vision, really. He didn't get to make the movie he wanted to. And when you get to see his creative control in a visual way, I mean... It's fucking brilliant. I, it's yeah. it's incredible, and it's a shame he wasn't nominated for it. Nicholas, what did Wait, you? Think? Are you going to oh, give it a seven? I, I give it, I'm still giving it a six okay. because I think that his visuals got even better over time. Yeah, so I can't good. give it a, a perfect yeah. score. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at too. <clears throat> I also went six. Um, you know, I I kind of like whenever you talk about editing, Gabe, because it's not really something I like focus on nearly yeah. as much. I don't know anybody that focuses on it as much as you. 
but I, I just, ever it's since not Bohemian Rhapsody, I have. But go ahead. <laughs> it's not. You're just scarred into thinking about it forever. Yeah. I um. I, I always kind of think like, uh, does it subliminally really tell most people the tale that the director wants it to? And I always kind of think about that in my head, and I think Fincher is maybe the the director that comes to mind the most when I think about like he's trying to use his editing to tell kind of a subliminal tale yeah. as you're actually watching the story unfold. But I I, I like debated that, and then I kind of realized that the reason that Fincher works so well for me is uh, what he is showing you and the choices that he's making reflect more than any other director I can think of what you would be thinking if you were there. Yeah. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Totally. Like he if uses you were, it so intensely as a tool. Like to, yeah. 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 Sure. If you were there, you would be, your focus would be the exact places that he has you look. He doesn't ever try and pull a fast one on you. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's very much exactly what you would do if you were there where you would look. Um, what you would focus on or zoom in on. Um, I also think that it's cool. You know, it's it, like you said, Layla, like it rains and is dark as long as the actors or the, the characters are in the dark metaphorically. Yeah. And then all of a sudden then they're in the desert. Once they, once they find out, once he reveals himself. Yeah. And I just think it's, it's so cool because we're also in the dark and there is absolutely like John Doe says, there is no way we're going to find out it's him. We don't even know who he is. There's no way where anyone is like, it's the photographer that took a picture of Brad Pitt in the stairwell and then he slapped it down, slapped the camera down the, there's no way anyone comes up with that. Yeah. We are completely in the dark. There's no way you find out who John Doe is until he reveals himself and, and the weather reflects it. It's, it simple stuff but it's awesome oh, yeah, the little true. things and there's even the halo the like the halo of light on his uh bald head when he's yeah. in the field is supposed to reflect his like him being ready to go to where he thinks he's going to go heaven cuz he's done god's mm-hmm. doing the sky opens up once he's completed his mission essentially yeah exactly yeah no i totally agree i mean there's even like i could sit we were watching it and i could sit and break down shot by shot the scene where they're in the car and what the purpose is of like, whether there's something in front of their face or not. Um, it's brilliant. So, uh, did you give it a six, Nick? I also went with a six. Yeah. I do think he refines his stuff later on. So yeah, it also helps when he has Jeff Cronin with working with him, working with him. I also, I, that's okay. <laughs> I was, uh, you, I brought up the like diner scene and stuff, but I do want to visually the way he shoots the car scene is really cool because you have Brad Pitt purposefully turned, like opening up his chest to this guy. Cause he's just so fucking like obsessed with himself. And then you've got Morgan Freeman, who's more like methodically holding himself together and just looking through the rear view mirror. And you see those shots where he sees him through the rear view mirror and they're having a whole, it's almost like Morgan Freeman and John Doe are having their own conversation separate from Brad Pitt and John Doe having their conversation. And it's because of the way it's shot and the angles that they choose to take and the body language as well. So it's, it's, there's so many small details to how they shoot scenes like that, that 
viewers never even realize is affecting how they're internalizing what's happening in that moment. And that's why David Fincher's as incredible as he is, because he uses visuals to the fullest extent that someone can use visuals in a film. Yeah, it's like him and Edgar Wright for me, who we're going to talk about next week. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about eye candy for uh, the little things. I took uh, only a few notes because visually this movie made me (laughs) fucking so angry. And... I and really it it is little things that bother me that I don't think is going to bother the average viewer and that's totally fine and I actually envy you guys my sin is envy for uh wanting to have that too um Your sin super is lame definitely wrath um it definitely is I am an angry person um god like if I'm just talking about the filming it's like <laughs> Nothing is interesting about the filming in this movie. There's just, like, really lame scenic shots of L.A. and California that just, like, oh, he was in Kern County, and now he's going down L.A. County. Here's L.A. It's a sprawling city. It's, like, so lame. Leave it, dude. Become vengeance. But if I (laughs) – become wrath. Um, But if I really broke down what bothered me visually about this movie, it's the fucking editing. And I know Nick says that I talk about editing more than anyone I texted you when I was watching it. watch this movie and realize how awful the editing is in this movie. If you you were part of the conversation about Bohemian Rhapsody being comically winning uh, best editing for the Oscars and everyone being like, what, for the most editing you could put in a movie? Oh, let me introduce you to this movie, which maybe does it more. There are there's like a two minute sequence, which is unimportant. And I, I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of interactions that aren't important in this movie um, <laughs> between Deke, uh, Denzel Washington's character and oh his ex-wife. It's two minutes long. I counted 33 cuts going back and forth. That is dizzying. I thought I was going to puke everywhere when I was watching that scene. I, it's I like hated every two it. seconds. I would say the only visually interesting thing is Deke seeing those like ghosts at night, like cool, and like him figuring out cases. Like they visually show you that. Sure, I'm giving it a one out of seven. I mean, like it Woo. it bothered me a lot. Man, this is going to be an all time low. Are you going with the one? Is that a- yeah, I don't even think it's the worst movie. I just, uh, yeah, I gave it a one. No, I was asking Nick, are you going to go with a one? Oh. No, I'm actually going to give it a four. Okay, you think it's average. Because yeah. I, th- I think that the average person isn't going to notice it, but I do think that it's a steaming pile of dog shit. So there's that. <clears throat> I think it's so bland and uninteresting, like, is, is how it comes off to me. I'm not, like, offended by the number of cuts. I just think that generally the movie looks uninteresting. Like you were yeah. saying, Gabe, it's just like, Lame. we're here and now we're here. Yeah. And look, he dresses, like, exactly how you think he would dress. Because, look, he's the, he's the young, handsome one, and he's the old, grizzled one. See? It is perfectly laid out in the way that they dress, and that's all we're going to do here. And it's just like Ugh. it's like spoon feeding a little baby, and like you know, some most movie watchers are little babies, and they just want to be spoon fed the little mushed up peas. And that's what this movie is—is is fucking mushed up peas. <laughs> fucking insulting. <laughs> um, I gave it a three. I I'll move up to a two. <laughs> don't have to i I just think i just think there's a fair there's (laughs) the reason we go down gabe is because yes the editing is utter shit it's dog shit it's awful like there are scenes where 
I think it's the scene where the press conference is happening before and after for like a minute long, every every second it cuts. It's like cut to the next person, cut. They can't ever seem to do one big shot of a room <laughs> and just leave it in the shot of the room where there's a lot of people so you can see all the people. No, they have to cut it so you're at that person's face and then cut it to the next person's face and then cut it to the next person's face every fucking second. It's infuriating because I can't pay attention to what the fuck is happening in the scene. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> did it did it did it you you just reminded me of this point didn't it points to you seem like they filmed this movie in the pandemic and they couldn't put people in the same room so they just had to cut back and forth At oh shit i didn't movie, even think about that i don't think they did though i don't think it was okay. filmed with any of those restrictions but there are scenes in this movie where i legitimately was like are these actors not in the same room exactly yeah damn like have have like take a break, cut it out so you can see everybody, and we can hear them <laughs> all so talking weird. to each other. Like that's how fucking we exist in the world. We see everybody in one view. We're not cutting to each other's faces all the time. I don't need it. Anyways, that was uh, that happened within like the t- first ten minutes of the movie, and the second it happened, I was like, "Fuck this noise! Like this is ridiculous. I'm not enjoying this." So that's not fun, right? And then the rest of it visually is just absolutely whatever like there, like oh nothing gosh. about it like there's nothing about it that i could say was even the like the interestingness of him seeing these ghosts i would have wanted that done differently i didn't need all three of them yeah. clumped into his dark fucking motel room at his feet like <laughs> you can you can throw one like he could be standing out with rami malik in the street and he could see one across the street as a ghost looking at him like there are There are so many other theatrical ways that you could like show him never forgetting about these girls and that they're following him everywhere that he goes, as opposed to putting all three of these young girls in old ass Denzel's fucking bedroom. (laughs) I mean, his motel room. Like it just, yeah. Anyway, so like, and then lastly, visually, I don't know why this has stuck with me so hard, but it really upset me when I was watching it. I don't know why when Denzel finally changes into like normal people clothes, he like has to wear... That hat, that fucking like because he's, Kern County he's hat. from Kern County, but it like is like a new hat. It's not even like ruffled up. Like it's a perfectly new, barely touched black hat that has this disgusting logo on it. And why even wear it? Like it just, it was such a obviously it's a slap in the face choice. Like hey, we gotta make sure y'all know he's not from here anymore. But like fuck off. <laughs> like it's just yeah. it's such a it's an annoying choice to the point of like I it makes me an angry as i'm watching the movie we haven't even talked about how uh how jared leto looks and walks oh no no, no. Oh, that's, that's the next so category don't, okay, don't but it's aesthetically that. unpleasing and strange yeah, it takes is. you out of it i also want to make the point because we noticed it yesterday gabe and i'd be remiss not to to mm. talk about this that layla just brought up how how um I did, you you never see two people in a scene at the same time. Oh, yeah, this is Almost. Cool. I mean, you do. But in Seven, and I don't know, maybe we'll go, watch, go back and rewatch. Gabe and I noticed that... Uh, no, never mind. There is a scene earlier. It's when they're in the barbershop. Oh, just, you're right. But they're on the same page. But no, they're, on the they're same not. Page. No, they're different. No, they're different. Never mind. Well, Such a roller coaster. This. Hey, Such a roller coaster. Uh, producer, st- uh, delete this whole thing. Are you going to delete this? Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, I think that Fincher uses them in the same frame. I want to wrap and, up. And Freeman yeah. intentionally. Doesn't happen in little things. Stupid. Yeah, I mean, that that's the main thing. The way to wrap this up, the difference between these two movies is 
Your shots need to have intention. Your editing needs to have intention. You do not need to cut away from a scene unless there is a specific purpose. Don't do it 30 times in a one-minute scene. And that's our Let's move time. on to actoring. This is a category where we talk about the performances, but we also talk about how the writers and directors aided the performances or hurt them. Um, and I think these two movies are very fascinatingly done in terms of this because you got huge actors on both sides. Uh, let's start with the They're little things. Seven feet tall. They're so huge. What? <laughs> yeah. Little things? Uh, yeah. Let's start with the little things. Layla, do you want to kick us off? Talk sure. about the acting? Uh, I gave it a two. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't like anybody's acting in this movie. And that's so hard to say because, like, you've got fucking Denzel Washington. Like, it's, I want, I don't want, I know. And I, and I, going into it, I was like, God, I'm going to sound like such an asshole because I'm just like shitting on this movie so hard. But like, but honestly, like, I'm, I'm trying to follow it up with real points here. Like, it's just not good acting. None of it's good acting. I don't even know what Rami Malik was trying to do. I have oh no God, idea. Dude, don't even give me. Is he a good stuff. actor? I'm, like, I, I'm no. questioning everything at this point. But like you, you haven't not. seen Mr. Robot where he's great. But maybe he's a one trick actor. actor. Yeah, maybe exactly. he's just a, maybe yeah. he can do one great role or one great type or trope or whatever, and maybe that's it. Because I don't get the Bohemian Rhapsody hype. I think he was fine. I mean, like to win an Oscar yeah. for that performance. Like, yeah, that's a joke. It's just whatever. Like, it's fine. He was good. Like, comparably to some other people, sure. But it was not groundbreaking. This is an utterly ridiculous role for him. He can't pull it off. I don't even know what he's doing with his voice. He's smiling all the time like a psychopath. Like, I kind of think he's the killer half the time because he just looks crazy all the time. Denzel's doing this incredibly weird whisper muted tone at all times that was starting to upset me the second he started talking and the writing of his, the writing of both of their characters is just absurd. I mean, Denzel comes into this movie. He's supposed to be this like roughed up, like seasoned guy. I have no reason to believe so. They give me no writing or background to make me believe I should give this guy any credit at all. He walks into his old partner or sergeant's office or whatever, and he's like, you left us. You abandoned your friends. Like, he's all pissed off at him. We didn't even see a culmination of why he's so pissed off at him. Like, you're the one who covered up the damn murder that he did. Why are you mad at him for leaving? Of course he's going to fucking leave. He murdered somebody. Like, I just... The writing of these characters is obscene. Nothing comes together. None of it makes any sense. I said this earlier. Rami, where did where how did he turn that fast? I just like why? What Dude, was his backstory? So why was he like that? How did he so? Why did he want to be Denzel's friend so he, bad? He like here's things too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll fi- but I'll finish. Yeah, Not I'll fine, finish man. with. I just Jared was fine. I think Jared Leto could have been cooler if he was given the right movie for what he was doing, but this was just not the right movie for it. And it didn't work with Denzel or Rami and it didn't play off well with the three of them at all. Um, But Jared was doing what he does best. He's a fucking creep and it worked. And this is maybe the first time Mm -hmm. I'll ever give Jared Leto some praise. So we'll leave it on that note. I gave it a two. (laughs) Don't worry. The screen actors guild. I just, (laughs) dude, I just think that, Jared Leto's performance in this, if you're going to say it's a bright spot, fine. But it's the same kind of bright spot as, like, 
like when when there's like a like a like a high school performance and there's one kid that's just crushing it, <laughs> but he's like crushing it in the way that like a high school kid crushes it. Where you're like, damn, he's he's acting. That kid's acting hard, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, he's just like made choices. You know, they're just like such choices. And you're just like, yeah, those are choices that he did. That's good. I like that his feet are like that. Like, I like cool. He made a bunch of choices. He did a bunch of stuff. It's not that good. It doesn't work. It's written poorly. It's, someone it's a cool someone idea. described it as like a bunch of actorly affectations. Like that's yes. what he's doing. That's his yes, idea of method sure. acting. Yes, and it's so annoying to me to be like, yeah, I guess that's good acting in in all caps. <laughs> good acting in all caps, I guess. And that's that's fine, but there's just so many things to pick apart with the writing of this movie. I think Deke is possibly one of the worst written characters that I've seen in, in recent memory. To just have a character like you just write everything about, about him and everyone just tells you everything about him and yeah. you're just like, okay... That's a Denzel Washington character, I suppose. You just were like, yep. What would Denzel Washington be like if, if a movie was written by a seven-year-old who was a really <laughs> big fan of Denzel Washington? And you just, that's what we get. And Rami Malek doesn't make any sense on any level. Everything he says is bad. Everything he says is in a weird intonation. And he's dressed like Rami Malek is dressed in everything Rami Malek is in. And the movie's set in the 90s. Yeah, he doesn't look like he's in the '90s at all. He looks yeah, like no he's one in... had suits that were that tight in the '90s. No one is true wearing that. tailored so suits in the '90s. I mean, They're wearing pleated seven. pants. No one's wearing tailored suits in seven. No, it's yeah. so weird. Every choice that every character makes just bothers the shit out of me in this movie yeah. more than almost any movie I can think of. I this is where I save my one. This is oh, my wow. hard one. I think that there is just. Almost no redeeming factor in the actoring category for this movie. It just bothers the shit out of me, and I am convinced that Rami Malek is a one-trick pony. Yeah, I'm yeah, totally I'm, convinced. I now. was pretty close to a one as well. I uh, th- one thing that really bothered me about this movie is that all the advertisements that we are getting nonstop for this movie are Academy Award winner. Denzel Washington with Academy Award winner Rami Malek with Academy Award winner Jared Leto. They kept doing that just to like draw you in. Don't talk about Rami Malek and Jared Leto as if their Academy Awards are at the same fucking level as Denzel's career. Like, get out of here with that. And also, just having a bunch of Academy (laughs) Award winners in a movie does not mean the movie is going to necessarily be good because some people, like that, an Oscar doesn't necessarily mean that much in a lot of cases. And so, yeah. you know, a, a lot of it was the writing as Nick was talking about. You know, I don't even really need to talk about the two main actors a- anymore. I thought Denzel was fine, by the way. I didn't think he was bad, but he was no, poorly yeah, written. I would, I, 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 yeah, he's very poorly written. I don't think he's necessarily bad acting. One thing that bothered me about way. actoring in general for the whole movie is this movie is just a series of interactions with unimportant people. Like people that don't have any any relation to the plot, uh, any kind of like forward momentum of the plot. Like you don't care about anyone around them. I mean, they're like scenes with the wife are just so bizarre. Like Rami's wife are so bizarre and the kids, they're just not normal interactions. There's the scene where they Mm -hmm. show the girl who the last girl to go missing, 
who's running with her friend is just like really bad acting between these two characters in a 30 second window. And I don't really know why it needed to be in there. You could have just had an overhead shot of this girl running and then separating from her friend. Um, I mean, the scene with Denzel and the landlord sitting around, like, drinking the beers, it was just, I was like, why is this happening? Why is this scene in here? Why, what was the point of hiring this person to be in this movie? So, I mean, I had problems with that. I, I got to say just one thing about Jared Leto. I, we were talking about his affectations. Like, his decisions of what a method actor does is so annoying to me. Like, Christian Bale... And Daniel Day-Lewis will fully become whoever they're going to be. And Joaquin Phoenix will fully become who they're going to be before they do the movie. And it's and it's important. They're not just like sending fucking dead rats and used condoms to their cast members as Jared Leto did on Suicide Squad. Or in this, they're not just gaining weight for no reason. Jared Leto, for some... I don't even know how he does it because his face stays pillow? skinny. Wait, no, hold on. He That's gained weight. He got gout for this movie. Bro. He got gout. Dude, I'm about to quit this podcast. He he gained so for much weight that he got gout, my friend. And he does it for no reason. We don't ever see his body. He does this waddle oh, for dude, no reason. It it's zero? not based on a real person. It is a fictitious person. He did all of that for nothing. And and for that, ah. I got to say this. Jared Leto, if you're listening to this podcast... Fuck you. I don't want you on our podcast at any point. So I feel safe <laughs> saying that. Uh, I wouldn't say that about any other actor. I'm giving it a two, though, because Denzel is enough to keep it from a one. I've seen worse actoring in a movie. but And I think there's something in the script with these characters. There's something there. Two twos Denzel. and a one? Ridiculous. Yeah, let's talk about seven. Sorry, I rambled for a while. Dude, um, no, I could, could I could talk about Jared Leto, uh, how annoying this whole thing is for me yeah, uh, forever. It's frustrating. I, I'll just hope I'll bite my tongue. Layla, why don't I'll, you start I'll... us off with Seven and tell us what you felt about the actoring there? I don't know. I kind of, in my opinion, I kind of think this is a little bit of a hard category for this movie, but I gave it a 5.5. <laughs> um mm. I was like originally at a five, but then I didn't feel comfortable being at a five. So I gave it an extra 0.5. I don't know. I went so back and forth on this because I do think that like in the end, all the performances like just are great and we love them and we think about them. And like Brad Pitt screaming at the end is now just like iconic and amazing. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you sound like you're about to break in a song. I know. I'm thinking it sounded of like a Muppet. In the uh, yeah, I just, but I'm also trying to remind myself that, like, maybe it when that first came out, like, people were a little bit critical of those types of performances because it is a little bit over the top. Like, they're, they're, it's a little over, Brad Pitt in this movie is a little over the top. And I know he's supposed to be in a lot of ways, but I do think, um, uh, it's not always like great acting when he's doing it. Um, I I think Morgan Freeman's great in this movie. I I, th- I think I just kind of set all upon. I don't think anyone in this movie is like exceptional or incredible. I think they all put in good performances and they do. They have great writing to play off of, and they ended up creating classic lines. I think. Obviously, what's his face? Who plays what's his face? <laughs> the guy that plays John Doe. What's his name? Why can't I remember? Kevin Spacey. Kevin Thank Spacey. you, Kevin Spacey. Uh, it's fair to forget. His try name to forget his now. name at all times. Um, 
Obviously, that's just an incredible villain nuanced performance. It's great. It's some of the best moments of this movie. And it's uh, it's incredible. There's no doubt about it. It's incredible. Um, and then I kind of, and if I settle on like Gwyneth, I kind of think Gwyneth is a little bit replaceable in this movie. I think she's fine. I think she does a good job. But I do think there are a lot of other female actors that could have done exactly what she did. And I don't think anything she did was remarkable. So I have a hard time being like, this is great acting and giving it a six. So I try to, I'm trying to go down a little bit to be a little unbiased. But what'd you guys think? I, so this might surprise you. uh, (laughs) And it surprises me because I I didn't expect this going in. But I think I'm going to give it a seven out of seven because I think that this is the, another perfect example of this category. It's like, Writing and directing and acting all meeting together in the perfect way. They're, these are incredible characters that are iconic forever. Um, but there's also the way David Fincher shows them is so important. Every little nuance of these characters is important. So you have Somerset who you establish early on has like a mild form of OCD and he needs to see his cases all the way through. And there's also this whole plot about apathy versus sympathy and he gets to the point of sympathy in the end there's a perfect character arc in there yeah and i think their not, writing's great yeah it's not course. like a hero's journey um but yeah i mean i but that you know that goes into it i also i'm not a huge morgan freeman fan like i think he's always good and I, like he's never bad but he, even though he's done some like bad movies but this might be my favorite morgan freeman performance because I think he fully loses himself in the role. I don't think of him as Morgan Freeman when I see this. It's not like a lot of his roles. Um, I, I'm i not a huge Brad Pitt fan in terms of – like I love Brad Pitt as a person and there are certain roles that I love him. But I, I don't always think he's perfect in a movie. There's this like grinny thing that annoys me that he does. I just don't – I couldn't imagine a better casting for this movie for the role of Mills, especially Brad Pitt at the time. Um, I love that he's this man-child. He's impatient. He's getting Cliff Notes versions of the books that he's supposed to read to really figure out this case. He's giddy to make a name for himself, but he's not willing to um, follow the rules. I love his little mannerisms. Like He's always pointing at people. He's always moving in every single scene when when Somerset is so still. Um, I think... Kevin Spacey, it's just insane that he wasn't at the, he was not advertised as being in this movie. When people originally saw this movie, they had no yeah, idea and they were just shocked. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's so awesome that they don't, you know, they don't put him in the credits. But for 30 minutes, I mean, he's a scene stealer. He's so fucking good in this. And he won that year for the usual suspects, but he very much could have just won for this movie um the same year. Um I will say about Gwyneth Paltrow, I do think the character itself allows it to be replaceable. It needs to be this pretty young, innocent person in this absolutely corrupt world and this tragic character. And unfortunately, I don't think that's the best female writing for uh, a story, but I do think that Gwyneth Paltrow just, I mean, she's so incredibly pretty in this movie. Like, you know, she fits the bill for that. <laughs> like, if that's what the fucking writing was supposed to be. That's it. But... I do think she, there are there are moments of she kind of inserts the sympathy and the human nature uh, that Morgan Freeman is trying to figure out whether he should protect or not. You know, 
Um, and I think she gets that across really well in the diner scene and really well in the, the scene where he shows up for dinner. So I, I, for me, it's a seven. I just think it's the perfect culmination of all those things. Nice. I went uh, six. I feel very comfortable with a six. Okay. I think that Freeman, this, I would agree that this is Morgan Freeman's, my favorite role of Morgan Freeman's. He's downright avuncular, uh, <laughs> and it's perfect um, because his, like you said, his juxtaposition with with uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow's, like, like, the fact that they are... <sighs> I think that the, what, what makes Gwyneth Paltrow good in this role for me is, is like you said, Gabe, it's that relationship that she's able to convey with Morgan Freeman. Now, Morgan Freeman's giving probably 65% of the 100% in there, <laughs> and she's the rest of it. But, I mean, like, it it really does work, and, and it, it helps you to, to, to understand the despair that Freeman feels because he is the... He is feeling the same thing that Gwyneth Paltrow is, but he's numb to it. He's apathetic. He's tired of it. Like he is, he just screams apathy the entire movie. And that's his, that's the point of his character is to be like, dude, actually nothing is actually really matters all that much. Um, So this is just what it it is. Like the world's awful. And so, I but but I can try, I guess, and that's like, I just think he conveys that so well. It's also written so well and directed so well that I have trouble going less than a six, even though, you know, I don't think that this is Brad Pitt's best acting ever. I don't think Brad Pitt is the best actor of all time, or that he you know is, is crushing it in this role. Um but uh, Kevin Spacey sure is, for as much as a piece of shit as, as he is. He's just <laughs> yeah, so we're, great. We're, we're separating the yeah. artist. Yeah, Kevin Spacey the actor is much different than Kevin Spacey the person. The it's monster. very unfortunate that he's a monster. Yeah, because yeah, he's so incredibly good in this role. Yeah. Um, the only uh, side character I really don't like is the boss. That guy sucks. Oh, I think he's he kills it in that role. I don't like it. I mean, his best is uh, Full Metal Jacket as oh, the yeah. drill sergeant. I, I don't think I don't I don't like him in this. I went six. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I also, you know, like the more I think about it, the Gwyneth Paltrow thing, like even just saying that he she was inserted in there to be the innocent pretty girl is like it's that's not great, David. Uh, or uh, whoever it just feels easy, and I think that's kind of what yeah. I mean by replaceable, right? Like that was just an yeah. easy it's, choice. Uh, yeah. Like there's nothing I mean, nuanced if, about that for me to be like, I'm going to give it a seven. If like one of the main characters who she plays such, she does play. You both said it really eloquently. She plays a very vital role in this movie. Like she's a mm-hmm. very important. Um, you're watching her like lose herself in that darkness, and that's important. Um, and I think it's mostly fine. I just feel like with such an important role, there could have been a little bit more effort put into that. Um, yeah, she, she's literally I dating Brad Pitt move. at the time of this movie, too. I want to I'm move. I'm going to move to a six. Oh. Well, I want to move away <laughs> oh. from this god-awful city. But I, I, do, I, I don't think I should be giving sevens out to anything that I don't think is perfect. But I do want to move on to the next category because I'm not going to move from this position on either movie. Uh, our last <laughs> category is originality this time. We don't want to talk about legacy because the uh, one of these movies just came out. But uh, what's up, Layla? 
I want. I have one thing that would go into legacy that I would really like to say. Should I say it? Would in you like to tie it into originality? I yeah, can try. We're, we're gonna do. We're gonna do originality and uh, originality. Would you is like just, to think out of the box? Please? Yeah. <laughs> would you like to be creative with How's how you word it? Um, yeah. So our originality is how we talk about how unique and creative the movie is, but also how does it stand out in its genre? In this case, I you know the detective crime. Uh, genre serial killer uh, genre so uh, is your point on seven Layla yeah actually okay yeah do you want to start and talk sure. about the originality for seven sure um, well the, the, I'm gonna be unoriginal the thing I wanted to say is <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys noticed this and I don't know if this is just me being a lady watching a lady talk about abortion but I don't think that scene with Morgan Freeman aged very well in the diner because I don't love a man telling a woman that she should bear the burden of not telling him if she has the abortion. And I do think that that doesn't come (laughs) off super well upon listening to it now. And like, don't get me wrong, there's much more to that conversation. I understand that that conversation is like incredibly important and there's a lot of depth to it. But in that specific moment when he's just like, well, if you do decide to have it, you can never tell him. And I'm just like, don't tell this poor fucking lady that she has to bear that Especially burden for a poor fucking lady ever. That just told you I don't know anyone in this city. So yeah. I'm so just alone hold this hold this is, trauma yeah. entirely to yourself forever and never tell anybody. Uh, so <laughs> I I didn't think point. that that aged really well. Um, but as far as originality, a depressing person. I I think this is actually a really interesting topic for both, and I maybe I can almost like say my piece and pose it to you guys because you might know more than I do, but. There's like a whole lot of like stuff about this, about how like there's the writer of Little Things supposedly has said that he wrote Little Things before Seven was created and that he never made the movie and that he has he wrote it in the 90s, had the movie and it just was never made. So his writing because everyone's obviously now being like, yo, you just copied Seven really badly. But he's coming out being like, no, I had this script. I've had this script. People know that I've had this script because I sent it out to people, is what he's saying. Yeah, like Spielberg and yeah. Clint Eastwood and Dan DeVito were all aware of it. Totally. So, which I find really interesting because there are so many insane parallels. Like, even just um, the the dinner scene with Morgan Freeman and then Rami Malek and him, Denzel coming over for mm-hmm. breakfast and the whole end reveal, all of that. How is it possible that Seven has all of that in its movie but came out... Well, they're trying to say that Seven was after Little Things, but unless someone that made Seven read the script of Little Things as well. Well, I don't think that was possible because the guy who wrote Seven was just working out of Tower Records at the time and just yeah. wrote it. How insane is that? It. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I wanted to like bring that up too because it, uh, John Lee Hancock did write the Little Things in the 90s. There are people that can back that up. I just don't know if it was fully written at that yeah. point and he might have seen seven as everyone did seven was an extremely popular and movie when it came out it? <laughs> like and i feel like he just tweaked some things or maybe he had like the they maybe they both have this simple structure uh, about a serial killer but he didn't elaborate on that enough whereas um what's his name 
uh, sorry, I can't remember the the name of the author of uh, Andrew Kevin Walker yeah. of of Seven. Like I think he just he really dove into those details and turned it into something. I mean, more it's just a, obviously as we've all made clear, it's a way better written. It's it's just great writing. But for me, I I have question marks next to originality for both because I don't actually know how to rate this because I can't. Mm. I don't know what is the most original of the two. <laughs> I mean, so, I think seven perfects it, so I guess I could give seven the better score. <laughs> for me, it was seven. I mean, I, I, I have to – I'm giving it a seven, and I'm going to stick with that. And I think – Nick and I were talking about this yesterday, but I think every movie is derivative of another movie. Sure. Yeah. Seven for sure has a lot of Hitchcockian vibes. There's a lot of Hitchcock detective movies that it feels like, and it feels like the movie M as well, um, German movie. Um, but I think this is like – if we're talking about how it stands out in the genre and how it affects other things over time, it is I mean, the genre. It is the genre, exactly. Yeah. I, Alec, uh, who was on last week, brought this up to me at one point, and I just couldn't even argue against it. He was like, Seven's the best detective movie of all time. And I was like, No, that can't be true. And then I was like, Oh, fuck, it probably is. Because no other detective movie handles the detective aspects of it better uh, than Seven. Sherlock does. Holmes? Sorry. No, absolutely <laughs> not. And also Sherlock Holmes is based off of a very established IP. Um, it, I mean, it, it's just unlike any other serial killer or crime movie. There is a version of Seven, essentially, that could have come out and I think did come out um, around that time. There was uh, there was some movie that was like kind of similar to this based oh, on yeah. like it's called Copycat Killer or something. It It's just. This movie in the wrong hands is so silly or just so lame and boring. And so like we've seen so many serial killer movies that are just lame, except for two by David Fincher, Zodiac and this one are just absolutely incredible because they're so focused on the details. I think, you know, the the focus in this movie, you said this earlier, Layla, uh, but this isn't really what you meant. But like the focus in this movie isn't on the violence. You know, it's mm-hmm. a, it's on the it's in it's the investigation, mm-hmm. and it, it's solely focused on that. But it's more about like how this violence affects the people around it, and this is just so fully realized in this movie. And I think the that's best exemplified in the scenes between Tracy and Somerset, um, the wife in Somerset. Um, I mean, so many movies have copied this. We already talked about how he created this like one of the antagonists of this movie is the city itself. Like that's just not a very common thing. And he does it in such an eloquent way that stands out. But I also just, I I mean, it's such a, an original screenplay. It's insane. It, this is the one that makes me the most angry that this just wasn't nominated for best screenplay because it's just like, how can you write a better screenplay than that? Yeah. No one no, has. You've, you've made like perfect points. This is like what I needed. If we're going to go, like if we're going to take that kind of silly conversation out of things and we're just going to reflect on how incredibly well Seven does all of the, as, like as we, every category we've talked about, the way it uses eye candy, uses visuals in a way that most films don't. Like that's unbelievably original. Fincher himself is original. Um, mm. Kind of in the same way, we've said this with a lot of directors at this point, but like same way as Wes Anderson, he has a stamp. He's a mm. Quentin Tarantino, you know, like you know his visuals when you see them. He's an original filmmaker. Um, so I'm going to give that a seven because of that, because of like how unbelievably original each aspect of the film is in comparison to other movies within its genre. Brava. 
Uh, Nick, what about you? I also added the seven. Ah because I, I, she's a girl. Yeah. What? <clears throat> what? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Also a seven. Um, for all the reasons that you said. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. And I just you could try. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I don't think I can. Thanks. I really think that. I mean, it. I don't know. Like, there's not a whole lot in it that is unoriginal like yeah there's the good cop bad cop trope the young cop old cop trope sort of but i mean all of that is uh subverted and and made so much more deep by the writing by the the just sheer lunacy of the the murders that are taking place like this movie isn't as good if it's just like you know some sicko kills a bunch of little girls (sighs) it's like (laughs) the most horrific things and like so specific and gruesome and 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 as the audience you you know oh crap like the next day is going to come and it's going to be either envy or wrath or pride something's going to happen what's it even going to be and then it's so much worse than you imagined until the pride one and then that one's like oh well whatever but you find oh, out dude, in the next that scene. That's pretty disturbing, too. It's yeah, they, disturbing, but no, it's not you, quite as disturbing as the You others. just made a really great point. Like, I do think it that adds just that much more to the originality of the film that it's not so many of the detective things that we watch are just like, I don't know, very basic, gruesome murders that happen in everyday life kind of a thing. But this is like, let me straight up talk about human nature right now through these murders so we can have a bigger conversation exactly. about human nature, which is really cool because yeah. most murder mystery type things are just the little yeah. things where there's like these women who are being like a serial killer shit, you know? Like, but that's yeah. been done, dude. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> so messed up. Totally. You know what's but, okay. but no, actually yeah, it is, it, it's, it. it makes it, it's like we talked about before. It, Fincher made a monster. He didn't make a serial killer. He created a villain. A, a it's a monster villain, villain. Yeah, yeah. Classic villain. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's finish it off with the little things. Um, I actually, I because Layla brought this up earlier. I was th- just thinking a little bit more about this with the little things originality. You know, yeah. Technically speaking, it was developed in the 90s and i imagine what if it was released at the same time as seven you know maybe it is just circumstantial that it just got released or he you know he had to wait so long because directors passed on it for being too dark um and maybe he waited long enough but i there are too many ties but the whole crux of this podcast like how nick and i started this podcast was like there are a lot of movies that are very very similar to each other some of which there's like a whole wikipedia page of movies that are almost like exactly identical that came out in the same year. You know, we did The Illusionist and The Prestige, which have very similar plot themes, came out the exact same year. There's a lot of those. So, you know, even if Seven and The Little Things came out at that time, I still think we would have been able to differentiate. And still, even if it wasn't derivative at that point, it still would have, you could point out the flaws, you know, the whole, it's just... The themes in the little things, like I know that there was something there because directors thought it was too dark to make. So they were like, oh, maybe it was like interesting, but they couldn't do it. Or maybe that was just them being like, oh, no, this script fucking sucks, dude. Um, but like the the simple themes are so well 
handled in seven and so not well handled in uh, the little things like the young hotshot detective that is going to unravel and make a big mistake that fucks the entire case at the end because he gets pushed to his brink. Like, you know, sure. It's sure. That's a good idea, but it's unearned in little things. And it is so fucking well earned in seven. Um, it's just a shame. This movie's just ultimately this movie's an absolute disappointment. Like there was something there, but instead it just feels like a copy of Seven that doesn't work on any level. And for that, I I have to give it a one. I don't think it's unique in any way. Yeah, you know, I think that the ending could have been, so I gave it a two. And I really just think that's the only reason that it's a two. Like I think the idea that, that they got the wrong guy. Yeah, that they got the wrong guy. I just, it's not fleshed out. It's executed so, so poorly. But the idea, like, again, if you read the Wikipedia, you're like, well, that's not bad. But, you know, it's not a Wikipedia article. It's a two plus hour long feature film starring Academy Award winning actors, three of them. Like, you can't, I don't care if he wrote it first. He made it. I don't care. He made it so much later. You can't. Yeah, no, for sure. And you didn't change it. You didn't realize what you were doing. You well, cast it. Just kept it in the. It's 90s almost even just solely it's even, because he wrote it in the nineties. It's even worse that you could see seven and then be like, "Yeah, my concept's good." Like, yeah. fuck yeah, you for exactly. even thinking that you could get away with this movie after watching seven and you, knowing you that that exists. Tweak, you couldn't tweak pieces of it. You you casted an African American older actor and a younger like like white actor like you you did the same thing it's the same as seven dude you you it doesn't matter that you wrote it first you made it later and it's just a steaming (laughs) pile of mushed peas yeah it's not good um i don't know i'm like between a two and a one and i'm just gonna talk it out and i'll figure it out by the end but i (laughs) i if we're going kind of off of seven and like how we were talking about how it, it just excels in every category and it, it, it itself is the greatest of a genre. This does not excel in any category. It is the worst of a genre. So it's very, it's very bad. <laughs> it's just a bad movie. But I also like, I tr- like if I'm trying to think of some of the like things that it does differently, I was starting, like I have all these notes about it. Like I mentioned earlier how this is kind of, a different take on this type of a movie where they're the the investigation itself is not the forefront but we're trying to understand these men conducting the investigation or Denzel's character or whatever but like we also kind of already have that with True Detective on HBO which is like that concept and it's done very very well and yeah, this is yeah yeah and they um this is just not like they just they maybe they were attempting that, but they didn't even get close to it. They didn't even get started on it. Like it just didn't work. So that's completely unoriginal on its own. I do think that like someone could maybe argue that them evading justice and like never truly catching the killer and like the whole concept of like Rami just turning into Denzel and also being a murderer and Denzel's like comfortability with covering that up and all like all of that is like there's something there it's just again done very poorly so like I can't I can't even say that it's original because I'm just like it's bad (laughs) you didn't actually accomplish it you didn't do anything original because it didn't work (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, the execution was so bad that I didn't even realize until like a week mm -hmm. afterwards that (laughs) Jared Leto wasn't actually the killer. Yeah. Um, I'll go. I'm going to go with a one. I'll stick to my I'll stick to my pattern here. I'm I'm not being nice to this movie. So I'm just going to give it a one. Nick, I do want to make sure I I moved. I at least moved true, uh, or sorry, eye candy up to a two for uh, the little things. But yeah, I'm Let me give it that little credit right here. there. Yeah, no, no, I got it. It's okay. a, a 30. Out of 105. Out of 105 uh, to 96.5. Ooh. Oh. That, that must be the biggest spread. Yeah. It has to be. That has to be. It simply must. 46.5. Oh, wait, no, that's 56.5. Wait, what was the, oh my what God, was the that's comparison bad. for... Um, oh, I can't even remember the names of the movies. The one that's Not like 30 seconds to Mars. Was that what that... Com- that oh, 30 minutes pretty... or less? No, that wasn't that bad because I don't oh, okay. think like any of us gave it a one in any category. No, this has to be... Yeah, if it's not the lowest score we've ever done... It's... This isn't the it's worst close. movie I've ever seen. It's not even close to the worst movie I've ever seen. It just was such a disappointment. And it was like yes. a movie people were really excited for. I got a lot of advertisements for it. And it very much shouldn't have been as bad as it was. It just yeah, should have been better. Was, yes. S- like yeah. simply yes. put, should have been better. You, know, you had all the tools to make a better goddamn movie. Like <laughs> I even think that the script would have been just okay enough for me if there was a better director. There was enough yeah. visual things that made me so yeah. mad that I, I would have still liked the movie had it been handled by a better director. And I, I don't like that John Lee Hancock just finally gave in and made his movie. It's like, dude, you're too late, man. Anyways, yeah. uh, right. no well. accolades this week, but uh, <laughs> do you guys have any recommendations? Uh, Six Man is the cynical doctor in, in, um, in oh Seven. Oh, God, so That's good. And he's, where he's just like, well, you know, he's suffered so much misery here, but at least he still has hell afterwards. <laughs> it's like, dude, <laughs> nobody asked. Relax. That there was scene like was a so line funny. that I, if we did like favorite quotes, there's a line by Brad Pitt that I absolutely love where he's like, he's a nutbag. Just because he's got a library card doesn't make him Yoda. Um, great line. He's got some great ones in this. But uh, do you guys have any yeah, recommendations 100%. of similar movies? Yeah. Well, you... no, I don't have a I don't have a movie, but my favorite work of. Eh, one of my favorite works of David Fincher that he executive produced is Mindhunter. And if you oh, like so Seven, good. everyone should watch Mindhunter because it's just, it's honestly, I kind of think it's Fincher like elevated. Like it's an elevated mm. version of Seven in such a great way. It's just so methodical and well written and well acted and well directed. And it's, um, yeah, it's an incredible TV show. And if you haven't watched it, you should. If you don't like creepy, Things that will sit with you very deeply. Do not watch the show because it is very intense. But oh, yeah. I also think if you're kind of an impatient TV watcher, I wouldn't necessarily watch it. It's, it's meticulous a lot. It's, for sure. It's it's like a mix of Seven and Zodiac with more of the meticulous nature and, and shot more like of social the ambiguity. Network. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I agree. I, I also I just recommend that people watch Seven. I think Seven <laughs> is better when you rewatch it. Um, and it, it definitely has a huge legacy now. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but You Were Never Really Here with Joaquin Phoenix is one of my favorite movies of the last like five years. Uh, very good, extremely dark. But I, I love 
you know the concept of Denzel Washington in uh, the little things like Deke being haunted by these women that he couldn't save mm-hmm. is these is the plot essentially of you were never really here but it's just so well handled visually nice um, I love that movie Joaquin Phoenix is incredible one of my favorite movies of all time Prisoners I always have to recommend Dude. this yeah. um, but that movie is very dark and extremely cynical. Uh, but it's a great detective story, so, sort of. Um, and then a couple other ones that are... One is dark. It's called uh, Destroyer. It's with Nicole Kidman, and she just is like almost unrecognizable in the movie, but it's a really good detective story. Uh, the other one, a little bit lighter, although still pretty dark, is Brick uh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's uh, this weird shakespearean neo or like noir movie of a high schooler find trying to find his like missing girlfriend but it's like everyone talks like they're in a noir movie even though it's like modern times and there's like noir music uh in it so i really recommend it it's very bizarre but it's good that's cool. I, I thought we were recommending Christopher Plummer movie, so I was I'm ready to do everyone. that as well. We could do that. Oh, well, we were gonna we we're gonna do a post You're about right. it. But. I was gonna remind everyone that he's the antagonist in Up. Yeah, he's so good in it. Just a reminder. Thinking about <laughs> thinking about Up this week. Um, so yeah, that was all. He's so good. He's also the he's like he's played a bad guy in a few movies, which is so weird because he's such a like warm. It's this person. face so warm. Yeah. Well, he could do both. He can really like toe the line. He's an incredible uh, actor. Next week, we're gonna be doing Shaun of the Dead versus Zombieland, two uh, comedic zombie movies, both of which I think can be found on HBO Max. But check Netflix for Shaun of the Dead because that might be its home for the time being uh you could also follow us on social media so you can find out our favorite christopher Plummer movies and just interact with us we're on instagram uh just look up facing off pod we're also on twitter uh just look up facing off pod been firing off some uh takes on that uh you could also send us emails we would love to see your emails what did you think of these movies were we yeah, fucking so off base about if you're someone who loved things? little things please send us an email because i i actually but want the take like i want i yeah. want no i want to hear it because i like i haven't had that alternate opinion in my life and maybe you're gonna like shatter my existence with some like great takes so please send in an email if you did like little things because i would love to i'd love to hear it yeah send it to facing off podcast at gmail.com i i also agree we were like this is just our opinion and honestly <laughs> like it's a movie where you know there's differing opinions for everything so we'd love to hear it don't be afraid to do that uh hey do you guys have a send off hey I feel like there's only oh, one, God, and I feel like Gabe's going to scream it right now. <laughs> no, I have another one. <laughs> hey, don't jerk me off. That's all I ask. <laughs>
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Comfortable. 